0: Hi, I'm Shinyi Pai, host of the podcast, The Blue Suit. In a world full of stuff, what do we choose to hold on to? The Blue Suit is a podcast about commonplace objects and the people who transform them into something remarkable.
1: From an inherited Chinese-English dictionary to an
0: old caliphone playing records left behind by Japanese-Americans incarcerated during World War II, our podcast showcases modern-day artifacts of Asian America and what gets elevated to heirloom status. Find it by searching for The Blue Suit wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You're listening to... Whoa!
1: hot luck, And what is poppin', everybody? You're listening to episode 115 of the Good Pop Culture Club. It is Thursday, August the 11th, 2022. My name is Marvin Yu, and joining me, as always, to talk about all the good pop that gets through our days, we have returning from her long hiatus, from the (laughs) Isles of Greece...
2: For one week only. <laughs> one week only. She's back, baby. Pew, 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 pew,
1: pew, pew. Formerly professional Asian American, just true.
0: She's free Welcome. now. She's just vibing. Yeah.
1: How was your? How was living your ABBA dreams?
0: Oh my god! I listened to so much ABBA. <laughs> um, did I tell you that I went to the Mama Mia the party, which I learned at the show is not actually Mama Mia the show. A show based off Mamma Mia, the movie, but a completely different thing. I learned that in the middle of the show. I was like, oh, this is a very long, like, narrative convention before we get to like the musical. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, the musical's like three hours. They should really start. And it was like 45 minutes in when I'm like, oh, this is the show. Interesting. It was a good time. You know, I was about to say, it's still good. Everyone's mask until ABBA comes on. Yeah,
1: I watched you enjoy this through your Instagram stories, Mm -hmm. and I guess this was this wasn't even in Greece, right? This is in London.
0: This is in London. Um, The no one loves ABBA more than the British, (laughs) like British Mm -hmm. boomers. Uh, And then it was just yeah. And then you know we were in Greece and just a lot ABBA. We spent a day on the boat just nonstop ABBA. Uh, It was lovely.
1: Awesome. Also joining us in the middle of. Yet another TCA Critics Week, professional coach editor Han Win. Hey, Han. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing?
2: I'm ex- just exhausted. I think I'm getting sick. But we'll oh, see. no.
1: What's the whole but point of making TCA not in person so you don't get sick?
2: But then I went to a screening yesterday that I can't talk about. So we'll see <laughs> if that did anything to me. But I've also been going to the gym. Um, I've been Mm. wearing a mask at the gym, though, so points for that. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I might just be – it just might be allergies. You know, L.A. has all these plants. Who knows? Um, So, fingers crossed. That's it. But, yes, I'm just tired. I've just been watching things nonstop.
1: It's also just been super hot
2: just in general. Yes. Uh, It's been so gross. Sitting, lying, touching anything that is not the floor is just – like, I should just sit in the bathtub (laughs) because – It is so freaking hot. I don't like it. I sweat a lot, too. I don't just glow. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway.
1: Well, speaking of your European vacation, um, Jess, you came back with some new hardware.
2: Uh, Yes. So
0: a lot's happened to me in the last month. I quit my job. (laughs) I got engaged. uh, And I'm moving right now. Life is happening, guys. I mean, it should be a surprise to absolutely no one. I've been hounding this poor (laughs) man for the last, like, 18 months. I've been sending him rings for, like, the last two years. Um, Yet, the day it happened... Was I surprised? Yes. Did I ugly cry? A hundred percent. As soon as that ring came on my finger, did I start singing, wait, who let me get engaged? I'm just a baby. A (laughs) hundred. Yes. Yes. All those things are true. Please explain Um, the manner. Yeah.
1: I feel like your guy did a good job. Like he totally did a
0: real good job. Like I kind of like once the shock wore off and I got time to sit with it, um, you know, like a second wave of of, of dopamine or serotonin Aww. flooded over because i was like damn like this is a real good engagement like um i think i win <laughs> Like, <laughs> even with like all like, these fancy rich people and like tiktok people it's like i think my engagement is the best which is a good sign right you should think your engagement is the best but like i objectively think my engagement is the best so we went to the Gardens where they shot the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, which is like one of my favorite movies. There was a live string quartet. Uh, And I did, in fact, keep yelling. I kept yelling in the middle of the proposal, mind you. It's like, there's a fucking cello. (laughs) Like, I was just so happy. I love cellos. Uh, Really adds that depth to a string quartet, you know? Because I would have been happy with like a violin. No, no, no. We got four. You got four. Um, they were playing the theme from Pride and Prejudice amongst other really beautiful covers. Very Bridgerton-esque. Uh, there was a Taylor Swift cover at one point, and I like, lost my shit again. <laughs> uh, there was like... Uh, this is all documented, by the way, with a professional photographer and a videographer. The videographer had a drone. Uh, ring. Beautiful. There was champagne. Um, it was private. So literally, there were like all these people. Um, like... Blocking, I didn't know, like, like there's all these like workers from the place like blocking people from coming up. Um, <laughs> uh, it was at the very beautiful Temple of Apollo, you know, the scene where Darcy proposes to Elizabeth, uh, and she rejects him in the rain. <laughs> uh and yeah, it was it was absolutely lovely. Um the the events surrounding the actual proposal like the other events of the day were actually really funny too so like this bitch this bitch (laughs) made me go to Stonehenge the morning of the proposal (laughs) and I just thought he really wanted to go to Stonehenge but then he told me later he's like no I made you go to Stonehenge because that's the only thing I could control Cause like if we went to any other like city or visit any other thing, like he couldn't control like what time we would get to the actual garden and the proposal site. So he's like, "No, I had to lie and just pretend that I really want to go to Stonehenge." I, I remember
1: you complaining yes. about having to go to Stonehenge,
0: and I yeah, I was so mad. I was like, "I can't <laughs> believe you're making me go to Stonehenge. It's so boring, and it was really hot. And like, I was all cute and like in my dress, and I was like sweating my fucking balls off." Um, but now I understand why gl- he made me go to Stonehenge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't fight him too hard on the Stonehenge, even though I agree. I don't it was, understand why. He I wouldn't. know. I know. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. he's He he did a really good job then. Like, that's so many levels of sneakiness.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, Han and fair, I are not surprised at all that your engagement was extra, but we just not expect this level of extra. I didn't expect
0: it either. Okay. And, and to be fair, yes, he did a fantastic job. To be fair, I was helping him. I was playing along in some days. And also, I'm a fucking idiot. Because let me tell you, <laughs> when we went to go buy the tickets to the garden, aka fake buying them, the guy who sold us the tickets was like, oh, because I asked him, I was like, oh, like, can you tell me how to like garden's huge? I was like, oh, can you tell me how to get to like the Temple of Apollo? You know, that the uh-huh. building I wanted to go see. And then he was like, oh, sorry. It's closed for a private event. <laughs> Never in my mind did it cross my mind that the private event was for me you you are the private event i did not realize i asked another volunteer in like the like the trail kind of splits at one point and i asked this like volunteer lady who was sitting there it's like oh like can you give me directions to this building and she's like oh there's a private event <laughs> again did not cross my mind that the private event was us and he's apparently Raymond was telling me like he was like in
2: the back just going, I have a private. No, it's me. Stop, don't say anything. I
1: would have been panicking too. <laughs> it's
2: like, uh, he did such a good job. Oh, my gosh, Yeah. It's
0: so funny. so it was really dumb. We're literally walking up. Did not. No suspicions. No suspicions.
1: That's good. I'm glad he did the misdirect with the Stonehenge. Totally yes. threw you off your game. Yep. Because I feel like your your engagement radar was probably up 110% the entire trip. I
0: knew that we were gonna get engaged that day. Okay. He like kinda asked, like, what do you think you're gonna wear? And this bitch wore loafers (laughs) and a dress dress shirt, dress pants to Stonehenge. Like, you Uh don't wear that to Stonehenge. So I knew it was gonna happen that day. I just was like, oh, he's probably just gonna like drop down on his knee and ass. Like, whatever, it's fine.
1: Did you think it was gonna happen at Stonehenge?
0: (laughs) I mean, I didn't rule it out. (laughs) And I've been like, I'm so pissed. But I was like, sure, I'll say yes. I guess
1: right, I had to ask. When he asked you, did he use the word ardently?
0: He did not. I think that would have been a step too far. <laughs> um, he was also probably panicking, uh, you know, and just like, he looked very stressed. Um, and then you know, my friends who kind of helped him and gave him some advice. Uh, or like second opinions, kind of were like filling me in once he asked, and they're like, "Yeah, he zoomed with us, and he looked like he was gonna vomit." <laughs> <laughs> was like, all of oh, these details. Baby.
2: I yeah. love hearing all of this shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he did really good. And there's like video of me, like you know, they, there's a film, there's a videographer there, and then they were just like, you know, doing like asking me questions, and I'm just like so shook, and I'm just like, he did so good, he did so good. That's all I can say. Like Aww. he did so good.
2: How did he feel after?
0: Relieved. He's like, oh, my God, thank God. He's like, he's like, I got no more surprises. Here, you can look at my phone now. Like, I don't have to hide anything from you. Because he also, like, he was, like, emailing someone. And I just thought it was, like, a work thing. He's like, oh, like, my coworker, like, from my, like, like, we need to finish up this article. And she's being annoying. And I was like, yeah, tracks. Okay. Do what you got to, dude. Mm. Again, so dumb. No <laughs> suspicion whatsoever.
1: Well, congratulations, Jess. Um, Thank you. Very Thank happy you.
0: for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, now I get to plan a big, elaborate wedding <laughs> and move.
2: Hey,
1: just hitting all those adult milestones. You know, all at it once. would have been
0: nice <laughs> to like space them out, like not in one month. But yeah, it'll, I'll take it. I've been waiting for four. You like know, my life yeah. was kind of in like arrested development for four years with yeah. the whole like long distance things. Now it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, this is this is a post pandemic world. This is just that's just it's just how things be now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've already skipped to, to be fair, I've been told by many people that I'm like more ahead in my wedding planning than like people couple other couples who've been like engaged for months because I essentially like pre-planned my wedding already <laughs> but now it's like about finding the details and like actually like booking you know once you look at the numbers it starts getting like real and really scary you're like oh how much is it gonna
1: cost those numbers shoot up real fast
0: yeah I mean that's why like Actually, destination wedding I think is cheaper. Like out, like for the actual wedding part, of course, like mm-hmm. travel will probably add up. I'm like, oh yeah, you could do like a hundred person wedding for like much lower overseas than in America, um, especially right now because the euro sucks.
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh, my partner was so jealous that you were there when the euro tanked because, <laughs> dude, of all the I shopping. bought so
0: many purses. <laughs> I was like carrying maybe like between me and me and Raymond, we were carrying like maybe like like six to eight thousand dollars worth of like luxury purses. Not not for me. Uh, like he got something for his family. Mm-hmm. Like I got stuff for my mom and like and it was just like, do not lose this. Bag also customs do not ask us to open this bag. Yeah. There is nothing like you know use every Jedi mind trick. Like there is nothing in this bag.
2: Yeah, I mean there's no way that you that you could come back without those things for your family. <laughs> you know they were aware. You know, so <laughs> All it's so
1: right. worth it. Well, we took a week off last week because of um because life happened um i went on vacation Han was busy with tca jess was still in greece and so um we're back this week for a belated do we want this where we go over some of the latest asian american entertainment news but before we get to that let's find out what pop culture has been getting us through the week and i guess you know while we're on the topic speaking of weddings Jess, what's been popping
0: yes i watched uh you know to get into the Mood, maybe get some inspiration, I watch Wedding Season, the new uh, rom-com on Netflix. Uh, And it's about uh, Indian wedding season. So it is a, again, a rom-com in the truest sense of the word about a young South Asian Indian American woman who has you know is being hounded by her family to start dating seriously to get engaged um and instead of deal with that she asks a i guess they were set up by their parents for like one date uh to be her perpetual wedding date for the season and kind of uh you know get them get and get get their parents off their backs um and be you know fake date through wedding season it stars uh Sura Sharma, Pallavi Sharda, who are very, both very, very Mm -hmm. attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, she is fucking beautiful. Uh, He's very charming. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, our good friend Rizwan Manji, who's very sweet as her dad. Um, And just the right level of cheesy for Mm -hmm. like a Netflix rom-com that you want. Um, And very heartfelt uh, movie that, you know, stars brown Asians, which we
2: love. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, too. And the things I liked about it also were uh, because you go to so many weddings, you get to see them in so many really great outfits.
0: Yeah. And they're like really cute. I think she's like also a professional dancer. Yeah, you can she tell. Has she has moves.
2: And I mean, this is
1: Life of pie kid, right?
2: Uh, yes, yes, yes. And um, more recently, how I met your father.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. He is life of Pi, which is weird because he's yes. pretty hot.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I was about to say, wait, because he has sort of like a scruff here and he's very cute. So I was like, is he the same? Yes, he is.
1: I mean, oh, it's not It's not unprecedented. We, we've all seen Dev Patel grow up too.
0: Oh my God, yeah. Dev Patel is like the glow. I mean, no one glows up, no one glue up, glued <laughs> up, glowed up <laughs> like Dev Patel. But yes, um, it, it's just, they're very charming. They have great chemistry. Mm. And it's a very nice kind of, uh nice like community like like love nice familial relationships like her and her sister uh her and then like the parents are different you know they're both their parents are different like in one couple it's like the mom who's freaking out and then another the dad is freaking out a little bit but you you it is a little more nuanced you kind of can understand they really are just worried for their children and what's what's best for them and then um you know the great shame of <laughs> Only in a like a South Asian <laughs> movie story with the great shame B, I'm a DJ. <laughs> Sorry, I'm spoiling <laughs> it, but not really. Like literally, like the big dirty secret is I'm a DJ. <laughs> but like a very successful one who like made millions of dollars in like tech stock. I'm like, I don't see the problem here. <laughs> right. Like he is fucking rich and he's like apparently a good DJ.
2: Right, he's a famous DJ. I was like he's just... a
0: fairly famous, well-known DJ, and I'm like,
2: uh, is this
0: a problem? Like I, do, I <laughs> um But yeah, no, it's it's great. I really fun. Put it on in the background. Watch hot people fall in love, um, and and uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy. The, uh, you know, I just I love a good
2: straightforward rom com. This like, do not a... need any
0: genre mashing.
2: Just give me a bunch of rom coms. This was pretty solid, I have to agree.
1: Great. Maybe Very I'll put drunk. it on the background this weekend. Uh, Han, what's popping with you?
2: So, of the same ilk, um, I watched season two of Indian Matchmaker, which <laughs> um, I I saw it in screeners. So, but by the time this podcast comes out, it will be out on Netflix. Um, and, uh, you know, I know the first season we Maybe briefly discussed it. It's pretty much the same thing, except we do check back on some of the original people that Seema Auntie tried to set up. Um, You know, there were some problematic people who were just like, yeah, good luck with you, you know? And then there's some other people who uh, uh, you kind of hoped they would find love. So you get to see that here, but also you meet a lot of new people. And, you know, to be clear, There are going to be some issues like it's entertaining, but clearly if you can afford a matchmaker, you are pretty well off. Right. Um, So there is some sort of self-selecting when it comes to the people here. Um, Obviously, maybe Netflix maybe pays for something, but they still are like going with fairly, you know, well off affluent, um, good looking people, um, which I'm not too mad about. But at the same time, there's you know, when you talk about, especially when you, we, I mentioned this in the first season, but there's, sometimes there's some class stuff going on, but there's, and in the first season, there's definitely some colorism stuff going on. Uh, This season, you don't really have the word uh, fair, which was what kept coming up the first season. So they must've realized like, let's just cut that out of any description of what you want. Um, But it's still interesting to me because, Uh, matchmaking, of course, is a very ancient sort of, like, um, uh, job people have had and the fact that it's still going on. And also, I just find it interesting when people put their list of things that they want. Um, Some people, you actually do meet a guy who's very into compromise. He's just kind of like, I want her to be nice and have a good smile. And I'm just like, dude, you need to have a few more qualifications there. (laughs) So, But most of them, for the most part, are I don't want to say horrible, but like are just like have a really ridiculous list. Um, but here's the weird thing. Some of them get everything they want. So I was like, well, hmm, if only I could afford a matchmaker. Uh, but uh, so it's interesting to me uh, because that's a different form than the typical uh Dating shows that are all weird and like you have to talk through a wall type of stuff. Um, This one seems, you know, community oriented, organic in certain ways. Um, And, you know, a lot of the people know each other. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I found it fun. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if I was to watch a millionaire matchmaker type show, one with more, I guess, for lack of a better word, culture would be something I'd be more interested in.
2: Yeah, there's a lot more to dig into because like, let's say on their list of wants, you know, but if they are, they usually want someone of a similar ambition level. So if like you have a doctor, someone would be like, I kind of need them to have their own thing, you know, or if they're athletic, they want that too. But then what's also interesting is region and and language. So they'll say, well, I want someone who can speak quadrati. And then so I was like, well, that makes sense. You know, if you speak it in your family, you want someone who might be able to fit slot right in. But after a while like these things get really specific. So I'm just like, I don't know, you're in America. <laughs> you you <laughs> might need to like compromise a bit. But um it does seem like a lot of people are kind of willing to move to a different state, which is interesting. Um it seems like there's less uh desire for that to happen when they she does have some clients in India that she covers um too. So, anyway, yeah, I think it's yeah. just interesting definitely from a cultural angle. Cool. All right. So that's me. Uh, Marvin, what's popping with you?
1: All right. So originally, I was going to talk about um, the game Stray, uh, which is the cat game that everyone's been going crazy about um, since I started playing that on my PS4, but... Uh, I haven't gotten that far in it yet, so I'm going to hold off my thoughts until I've played it a little bit more. But the other thing that's been popping is the return of Industry on HBO Max. Uh, the second season just started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, for those who don't remember, Industry is a show about young investment bankers um, working for an iBank in London. Um, the show follows the main character um, Harper, played by Malha Herod, as she navigates the cutthroat world of investment banking. And it's still pretty good, Um The first season of Industry came out right at the start of the COVID pandemic, so I have fond memories of watching that first season um, while we were in lockdown. Um, Like Succession, which is its HBO contemporary, um, it is a show about rich people problems, but it's much more grounded because it doesn't follow the drama of a petty rich family but instead a group of young people from different backgrounds um, trying to make it in again this cutthroat industry and realizing that they may have to give up parts of their soul uh, to um, chase glory and i think because it follows younger characters who um, are still developing you tend to root for them a little bit more um, even though um, they all do some horrible stuff as well Ken Young plays Eric, who is Harper's mentor figure, and he's still one of the best parts of this show. Um, he plays a guy who on the surface seems like a good mentor figure, a big brother figure, but on the surface maybe a little toxic. And Ken Young definitely plays him with the right amount of charming and um, malevolence. Uh, but one of the surprises of the season, actually, uh, one of the recurring guest stars for season two is none other than um, Jay Duplass, who you may remember <laughs> uh, played opposite Sandra Oh in The Chair.
0: Yeah, I'm like the schlubby
2: writing professor. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The crop. R- what did they call him? The rumpled white man or something like that? I forgot <laughs> in the show.
1: He's definitely still very ruffled. He's now like uh-huh. the irreverent uh, hedge fund manager that predicted the economic crash after the lockdown.
2: I haven't. I tried watching and I never got into it. Um, but it's. I know it's short seasons, so I should probably check it out. At it's some a point. pretty
1: good put on the background show, actually, um, because mm. there's a lot of really good dialogue. And so if you just listen to it, you can probably get a lot out of it too. Um, I like the fact that it doesn't go into, like a lot of times these shows, um, like shows about finance, go deep into like, I need. Mean, we need to explain to you what financial instruments are, what a, what a hedge is, what foreign exchange is. Um, this show does none of that. Um, it's kind Who of
0: cares. It's just money. Yeah, <laughs> we need to make more of it.
1: And I think that's to its benefit because um, instead of being bogged down in um, the nitty gritty and the details of what's going on, um, all you really need to know is this thing is really important. These characters and they're taking it very seriously. And um, as a former MBA, I do understand what's going on and uh, it does add to it, but it's definitely not necessary to enjoy the show. And, you know, in the end, it is a workplace drama and the drama is good. So, yeah, Industry, it's um, playing now on HBO Max. I think it is an HBO show, so I don't think it's on the cutting block of the whole whatever is going on with HBO Max and Warner <laughs>
2: I mean, we'll see. It could be still considered back catalog after a certain point. <laughs> well, I mean, um,
1: it is also a BBC Two show. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Right. But they still might remove it.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm not. saying. It's I like, need to know what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, definitely check that out if any of that sounded interesting to you. Like I said, it's, it's also a really good show just to put on the background just listen to.
2: It. Yeah. All yeah. of these shows that you haven't gotten around to watching, maybe watch them now. <laughs> watch Starstruck, people. <laughs>
1: Oh, i need to watch season two
2: time is ticking yep mm. your hbo max is not gonna look the same
1: soon. <laughs> it's gonna be discovery plus
2: yeah it's just gonna be like it's just it's gonna, gonna be, be 90 day fields <laughs> it's gonna just be f-boy island all day
1: oh. <laughs> so. truly we'd live in <laughs> truly we live in dystopia <laughs> if that's <it>. huh. <sighs> all right well That'll do it for what's popping for this week. When we come back, it's time for Do We Want This Our Monthly Roundup of Asian American Entertainment News? Uh, so stick around. Hello, I'm Phil Yu and I'm the host of All the Asians on Star Trek, the podcast in which I interview all the Asians on Star Trek. I'm talking to actors, writers, directors, stunt people, background extras, you know, all the Asians on Star Trek. Find out more at alltheasiansonstartrek.com, part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Live long and prosper. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. Uh, We're a week late, but it's time to go over the latest Asian American entertainment news. In our monthly news roundup segment, Do We Want This? Um, So yeah, let's get going because we are recording during a A summer heat heat wave. wave And we're all dying. So let's let's, let's get on with it. Um, Han, what's our first story?
2: All right. This first one, going to keep it quick. But Ethan Cohen. You know, Sam's brother, Joel, uh, is working on a movie right now. It's untitled. But there's a lot of sources that are saying that he's probably uh, closed in on his leads, which are uh, Margaret Qualley and Geraldine Viswanathan. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, there's no plot. Um, and so that's kind of all we know. Uh, he co-wrote the film with his wife, who is a uh, casting lady, I think, Trisha Cook. Um, and it's work, working title and just all those people. A lot of a bu- bunch of white people. Anyway, so do we want this?
1: <laughs> I'm interested in it. A, because Geraldine Viswanathan, I love everything that she's been in. You know, Miracle Merkers. Um, she got her blockers. start in Blockers, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, Blockers
1: um yeah so i'm excited that she's getting a chance to do something like Cohen's related um and i do like a Coen'sian story like those are the types of crime small-time crime capers that i really love which is you know all about small-time people trying to do some, stuff too big for their riches and um getting in trouble um i do worry that i think this is i don't know if this is the first time that there's been a coen's project starring women and women of color um if there has been other ones, just remind me. I think, like does Oscar Isaac count as a person of color?
2: There there, there have been ensembles. So the last Fargo season definitely had a ho- whole lot of Black people in it. Mm. And so they were part of an ensemble. And, you know, they were fine because also it's period. So... Yeah. Yeah. So there's always going to be that sort of tension of like, well, what are they going to have them do? You know? <laughs>
1: Um, i'm excited uh part of me wishes it was maybe like someone a uh, director of color who was inspired by quincy and stuff doing it but on the other hand the casting doesn't intrigue me so
2: yeah, yeah. i think if, as long as it's contemporary i think i'd be okay um because i have seen them do stuff that was like not set in the period and still quirky so yeah Um, Yeah, I think that's what I like. I just like the quirkiness. I like the fact that they actually have personality in the characters, you know, they that they write um, and they are not cookie cutter. So (laughs) I'm 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 right now, you know, vaguely interested.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Yes, what's our next story?
0: Our next story is um the Daniels, the directors of Everything Everywhere All at Once, will be teaming up with uh comedian Nathan Min, as well as beautiful actor, human being Steven Yun and A24, the uh you know, the only production company studio that knows how to market to Asian people <laughs> on a new comedy pilot for Showtime called Mason. Um, I'm not really familiar with Nathan Min. I'm not going to rely. When I first read it, I thought they were talking about Justin Min. Not the same person. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) But it's described as a surrealist comedy about a quiet man named Nathan, often misheard as Mason, seeking connection in the loud world. Um, Do we want this?
1: I love everything in what you just said. Like All of those people, uh, including Nathan probably, are very talented and beautiful individuals and we were all curious to see what the daniels would do next and this is a good team of stephen young good job
2: i yes and yeah i trust them so much mm. everyone involved yep i also like you know
0: like the the premise itself seems so like mundane it could be interesting um and i do hope it's like oh oh have you guys seen that um tweet where it's like someone wrote the copy for Everything Everywhere All At Once for the plane and it's like an Asian American woman tries to do her taxes. (laughs) So it's like, you know, you know, this is a a man, a quiet man in a loud world, but it's like in the hand of the Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very excited what this means. And I do hope, you know, it seems like a nice, you know, counterbalance to some, you know, Asian masculinity things. I hope it's like a good take. The Daniels are very soft boys. So I'm interested to see what that take will be. Because I've had enough of Andrew Yang. I don't need more Asian men talking. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um it's it's been a good month for Stephen Yun news as well, because um there's also news that he is attached to join Robert Pattinson in the next Bonjour Ho movie as well.
2: Ooh, that's great. Um and I did think he did a great job in Nope. And Nope has been getting a lot of attention um and conversation. So more power to you, Stephen Yun
1: making all the right moves
2: yeah. yeah so we want this yeah we we, we sure. want it we want it like now but it's fine
1: yeah I <laughs> love the dichotomy of the Daniels making a movie about a quiet man
0: <laughs> yes I think it's a series yeah
1: okay even better
2: yes. even Which is fun. Better. that will <laughs> be very um, yes
0: exactly so let's let's I hope it makes it man like you know a lot of times you just see these like announcements and you're like whatever happened to it <laughs>
1: All right, so our next story. Um, so the Holly reporter reports that um the team that brought you Stranger Things, Netflix and 21 laps, has optioned um The Moon Represents My Heart, a forthcoming debut novel from Penn. Want to chow it and will develop the project as a limited series that will also be executive produced by Gemma Chan, who is also attached to Star. And so, um, The Moon Represents My Heart, uh, in addition to being a very iconic Chinese ballad uh, by Teresa Tang, um, is about a British Chinese family with the secret ability to time travel. After the parents vanish, their son and daughter search for them across time while coming of age as adults. So, do we want this?
2: Um. Yeah, because basically I heard Gemma Chan and time travel or something. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued for sure. Straight to series, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yes, yes. I, I I do wonder what like the tone of this is gonna be. Like I'm open for now. Like I, I it, it's different. So yeah. Uh, Sean Levy also like I don't care one way or another about him, but he he does have a lot of power and pull. So. You know, yeah. yeah. I, what does he do? He's he's been associated with a ton of shows, but lately with Stranger Things, even though that the the, uh, the Duffer Brothers no longer like him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's brought a lot of people on board. Oh, too, sorry, okay. quick yeah.
0: tangent. Did I tell you that I've only watched the first episode of <laughs> yes. Stranger Things and the last yes. most like recent last episode? I'm like, what the fuck yes. happened <laughs> in these like three seasons? <laughs>
1: I'll do you one better. I've never watched a Stranger Things ever, so.
0: I was like, why are we in Russia? I'm like, what?
1: (laughs) Because
2: This season was was just, oh my God, ridiculous. Anyway. But now everyone's discovered Kate
1: Bush and it's playing on Top 40 now.
2: Yeah. Good for her. You earned those millions, Kate Bush. (laughs) Yes. Um, Decades late.
1: (laughs) I'm excited because people might not remember, but Gemma Chan got her start doing sci-fi genre stuff, right? In humans. Humans. Yeah. And so it's cool to see her return to... Those um those roots um uh, and I am intrigued. I guess she'll probably play one of the parents that disappears.
0: I think she's one of the daughters, and like it's her
2: and her brother. Okay, it's grown. It's grown children, oh. I guess, or not. I don't. know. I mean, it is time I don't travel. Know, man, we'll
1: see if this goes. Then which way does it go? Is does it become a dark where Gemma Chan becomes her own grandmother? Who knows? Yeah,
2: I, dark is for me the pinnacle of like <laughs> time travel fuckery. Mm. Um. But then there's all sorts of other time travel shows, so we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, but I'm very excited, and I, and, you know, not in small part due to the fact that it does take its name from one of the most famous Mandarin ballads.
0: Oh my god! Ever. That if it does not feature a bunch of Teresa Tang songs, I'm a
1: revolt.
2: <laughs> I think you two were the ones who were telling me about Teresa Tang, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I had to learn. So yeah, maybe even I if you a- don't
1: know her songs, uh-huh. you know, you know her songs I, okay. so if you've ever been <laughs> to any Chinese restaurant ever okay
2: <laughs> supermarket gotcha okay
1: <laughs> all right um han what's our next story
2: all right so i'm going to ease into this it's going to be a two-parter so first thing is uh midori francis who you may have seen she was the star of dash and lily that very cute uh christmas series on netflix and then sex lives of college girls which is uh mindy Kaling's. uh Sex Lives of College Girls series on HBO Max. Um, She is joining the Grey's Anatomy cast for the next season. Uh, She's going to play Mika Yasuda, a first-year surgical resident. She's a middle child with eight siblings. Uh, Mika used to being overlooked and underestimated and uses it to her advantage. Um, She's dealing with overwhelming student loans from med school, but she's scrappy and confident that she can make it in the program and rise to the top. Um, she joins another a, a class of five new surgical residents oh, I know this one is other <laughs> one other surgical resident is going to be none other than Harry Shum Jr a hey. all right so let's get more details about that um so he is also a first year surgical resident and you're like how is that possible so let me tell you about his character uh, Daniel Blue in quotation marks Quan is sharp-witted impatient and brilliant he's generous by nature but competitive to a fault naturally gifted and used to winning at everything a family crisis interfered with his career plans and now he's got a lot to prove uh so the character description basically hints that the backstory explains why he's a little bit older than these other surgical residents um anyway so those two people joining gray's anatomy do we want this Hell yeah Okay, the lack of Asian healthcare
0: professionals in this show in the 19 years it has been on, like, dismal, okay? Dismal. Um, That is just also inaccurate.
2: Inaccurate. God. Yeah.
1: Does this mean I have to start watching Grey's Anatomy? We, I can start well, here, this season, right? It'll be fine.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's actually what clued me in that something was going on with Harry Shum because I actually was busy doing something, whatever, at work and I go on Twitter and people are like, do I need to watch Grey's Anatomy now? And I'm like, wait, why? (laughs) And I had to look it up. I'm like, well, yes, apparently I do. And you know, it's Uh, Grey's
0: Anatomy so he's going to be hooking up with someone. Oh Oh, yeah! Fun sex scenes.
2: It's going to be fun and soapy and sexy and I don't know what they can work in with, you know, but it'll be great. So If they
0: kill Harry Shum Jr., I'm a this show, this show has caused me so much trauma. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've stuck by it for like, I started watching it like season three. I'm still watching it. Oh, okay? are you? Oh.
2: Yeah. I still watch it <laughs> week to week. I, so I watched it at the very beginning because uh, the pilot was great, and I watched it for three to four five seasons, but I have kept up with every single death and, and, and and exit on the show because all of those are huge. And, uh, I gotta say, yes, you're right. They better not do him wrong. They better not kill him off, maim him, or have some sort of serial killer get him. Whatever it is they do to get people, rid of people. Just have him move away. They have
0: electrocuted people. They have had people run through fires to save a child from a serial rapist. They have had, um. They, they know, disfigured
2: oh my- T.R. Knight, um, where they couldn't even recognize who he was. Uh, what happened to Izzy? I can't remember now. She just left. Okay. <laughs> but she was hooking up with a ghost for a while. Yeah, it was a tumor, but yes. <laughs> it was ghost, Daddy. And yeah, so, um, and then of course, Patrick, uh, what's his face? How uh, how yeah. McDreamy died. That was not great. Um, so yes. <laughs> um, the hospital shit. Oh, like, um, <laughs> 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 of course, we're talking about we're entering season 19. So they had to find creative ways to get rid of certain people. At the same time, don't do it to these. D- I don't do, do it to him.
1: I do love the fact that they aged up. The character to fit Cherry Shum's like closer to his actual age, even though he could very easily have played like fresh out internship resident as well. Yeah,
2: but, you know, him next to Midori Francis, I think they kind of had to realize that they're like, yeah, he's going to look going to act and maybe and maybe also depending on like love interest, maybe he'll get someone who's a little older, too. So that would mm. be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I think I'm going to have to join back you know, go back to Grace Sloan, Sloan.
1: I mean, yep. I also read that um Ellen Pompeo is going to be um less featured in this coming season, right? So are they are they starting to like pass the torch? But That'd if, be good. If Dr. Gray's not in Grace Anatomy, is it still Grace Anatomy?
0: Yes, cuz basically the I mean, she's in like a weird spot right basically the show will continue for as long as she wants to do it Um, she has made enough money to never work a day in her life again Mm -hmm. but you know basically a whole little economy exists from her decision (laughs) so I think she's also like executive producing other stuff yeah
2: yeah. so I, you know this seems like a good compromise also like where can you go with Meredith's story at this point oh yeah like, no I'm done with her like we, we we can just put sunset her somewhere like she can be part yeah. of the board let of this hospital. woman
0: rest yeah. happy ever after like like Meredith Grey you know yeah. somewhere at this point like it we can age it up her kid can be the one
2: mm-hmm.
0: like they should just do a fast forward right and like Zola should just be the one in like surgical residency that's brilliant ABC give me money yeah <laughs>
1: Well, I am excited. Um, my partner loves Harry Shum; he is definitely on, you know, her list, and so I am um, sure I'll be watching this next season, whether I want to or not.
2: We're going to be talking about Grey's Anatomy on this podcast. We are now Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I am so happy. I've I've been doing this um, against
0: everyone's will for like the last you know fifteen years. So I am really happy. I am back on board. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, uh, Jess, uh, hit me with our next story.
0: All right, so a hot package. Rebel Wilson and Charles Melton will star in a road trip K-pop fic called K-pop colon Lost in America. So the premise of this is that a K-pop group finds themselves mistakenly stranded in Waco, Texas, just days before their American debut at Madison Square Garden. With no phones, no money, and no transportation, the group must overcome their differences and hosts of crazy obstacles to make it to New York City. Along the way, they learn to love Texas, and Texas learns to love them back. Do we want this?
2: Huh.
0: Okay, number 1 I would like to point out as Twitter has pointed out, this is literally the synopsis to cars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say this was not the K-pop movie I expected when they first this announced this. This is not this.
0: the K-pop project that anyone wanted or asked for. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm going to take a hot take, you know, she don't she she's not in the world anymore. No, we do not want this. <laughs> What I, a weird concept! What a weird. I'm so cast. confused. Um, it's like they're still acting as if like K-pop is this like random obscure thing that right. people in Texas don't know about. I'm yeah.
1: like,
0: have you gone to a BTS concert? Oh my god! Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, this is in my Texas. fear.
1: Is huh? Um, you know, Rebel Wilson plays very broad, and so is this going to be like a check out these? Quirky Orientals type of thing, or I mean, that's it's, that's what it's going to turn out to it's be, right?
2: Waco, Texas,
0: which is also odd. Also, um, like, I'm not going to lie, like um, Charles Melton is just like too old to be a K-pop right, star. Right? right? No, he is not a emerging K-pop star age. Okay, emerging Wait, okay. K-pop star age is like fifteen.
1: So let's let me. I don't know if you can clear clarify this for me, but originally my fear was. This was going to be one of those like Rebel Wilson joins a K-pop group movie, which I'm glad this isn't that. But is the K-pop group in question a guy group that Charles Melton is a part of? Is that what it I'm, is?
2: That's what I assume. It, it's also, okay, I'm looking. It's written by these supposedly white dudes. And then Karen McCullough and Kristen Kiwi Smith,
0: as well as Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer. I don't know. From I a mean, South Korean filmmaker. That's never, you know, when I, when you try to get, they yeah. don't understand the nuance of being Asian American. Uh, for Most of the time. Also, hot take again. She's free. Is Charles Milton a good actor? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I saw The don't. Sun is Also a Star. It was terrible.
2: <laughs> I also didn't want to watch that just because I don't like those types of stories. Well,
1: um, it looks like mm. Karen McCullough was a writer for Legally Blonde. The house okay. bunny, 10 things I hate about you.
2: Okay, good. Mm. That's great. But like, what do they know about K-pop? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I I think I think I don't think there's any part of this that seems interesting to me yet. So I mm. kind of have to say I don't think I, I want this. I'm looking for one thing and there hasn't been, nope. it's uh, been a, no. It's been I think it's
1: been a while since I've been
2: They're trying to lure me in with the promise of K-pop and this is not it. No, you know what else you could do? You could go watch YouTube videos of K-pop performances. (laughs) I mean, there's also like so many good YA Korean content. Yeah, but also even American YA um, about K-pop that reads. I don't know, like because it's read, you know, it's written by like a Korean American, so there's like a different take on K-pop and how they are their relations to it in america and so i was just like i'd like to read about that instead of the whole fish out of water texas thing yeah I, I think
1: my main issue is the potential for orientalism is way too high yeah. for this premise
2: yeah this feels kind of icky to me so anyway no nope. <laughs> oh yes uh. no nope. <laughs> no don't want it buzzer meh.
1: all right uh, our last story this one comes from variety Picture Arts has acquired the rights to Mary H.K. Choi's novel Yoke to adapt as a television series. So, Yoke is a 2021 novel um, about June and Jane, two 20 something Korean American sisters who live in New York City. Um, when the older one gets diagnosed with cancer, uh, she decides to steal her younger sister's identity because her younger sister has health insurance. And when the younger sister finds out, um, she decides to swap with her older sister and live in her. Um, Manhattan apartment and so it's a story about two estranged sisters who reconnect due to um, insurance fraud um, and their attempts to keep their identity swap a secret from everyone including their parents Uh, Mary H.K. Choi and Jessica O'Toole who also worked on XL Kitty, Jane the Virgin and Charmed are adapting the book for the screen um, and O'Toole was serving as showrunner Um, so yeah do we want this
0: first of all let me say only in America right (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah, we want this.
2: Yeah, you know, I hadn't actually read the book, but now I'm just like, oh, I think I definitely need to read the book. And when it comes to the whole... Uh, sister, Asian sister, using another's uh, ID. Yeah, that happens all the time. Oh, so. oh my
0: God! I mean, sister and I used to share a Disneyland pass. It was great.
2: Yeah, I. It made me upset because I don't have a sister, and mm. so my Asian <laughs> friends would be like, "Just use mine." I'm like, "We really don't look alike. I, I, I can't I'd, tell. I know that you can't, but still." Yeah, some of like my Korean friend would be like, use mine. I'm like, I'm so browner than you. You know, <laughs> you you, go, you got a tan. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> so. Once
1: at a bar in San Diego, there were at least 10 Marvin U.S. in that bar.
2: <laughs> did you just keep
0: like, going out? <laughs> in? Oh, yeah. Oh, that bouncer did not do
1: their job. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, fair, I don't think he was checking for anybody. So um.
2: I, I, I also. I don't love the cancer story, but I do also like the fact that they're talking about health insurance because that is a thing. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, this book's been on my TBR list for a while now, and it's pretty well regarded, I think. I think overall I'm just excited to see more uh, books be adapted that aren't attached to any existing franchises or IP.
2: Right. And it's not an obvious, like, I'm not opposed to K-pop, but it's not like, hey, this is a K-pop story. You know, (laughs) I, I... I really just think it's an interesting yeah. story. We're more than K-pop. We're
0: <laughs> health insurance fraud <laughs> right. and extortion too.
1: To be I fair, mean, if you grew up fashion. with Asian parents, you're very familiar with all sorts of identity fraud.
2: That is very true. And not telling the parents. So, you know, <laughs> that is that is our common bond. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm intrigued. So I'm moving this up to the top of my list to read. And by the time, you know, it becomes available. On Overdrive. <laughs> Maybe this will be made. We'll see. Yeah. I mean. I'm I hope curious. it does. Right?
1: I mean. It's being adapted. It's not a promise that it will be made. And a lot of right. times. Things don't pan out. Like just recently. Uh, the adaptation of Jade City. Which I was super excited for. Uh-huh. Got pulled Did out. Did not Peacock, go through. So, you know.
2: Yeah. Uh, this one seems a little bit easier though. To make. Um, because it's not. You know. High fantasy. High fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Because. So I would love to be. Like, I'd love to hear about the casting, you know, every step of the way. So
1: Yeah. All right. Well, with that, that'll do it for this edition of Do We Want This? Lots of things that we want. One thing that we (laughs) definitely don't want. Um, Jess Han, if people want to find out more of your thoughts, where can they go?
0: My trash takes are on Twitter at Tweets, And I am
2: at Anonymous.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Marvin. You can find our show at Good Pop Club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Uh, check out our fellow Asian American host of pods by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And yeah, Jess, welcome back. Thank and, you. Um, and I'm gone
0: again because I'm going to <laughs> India this Friday.
1: Right. Um. You've been studying hard on your Indian wedding by watching Wedding Season. And now you're ready to put all your experience into action.
0: Yes, and I'm doing a layover. I'm doing a little side trip to Singapore. So, oh. you know, going to live my best crazy relationships life. Oh, that's so cool. Minus maybe some of the family trauma and the wealth. <laughs>
2: so, um when yeah. you go to India, you you're not actually going to attend a wedding though. That would cuz that'd be too cool.
0: No, no, I'm going for a wedding. Oh,
2: you are? Oh, I'm so envious. That's my dream. I want to attend an Indian wedding.
0: But yo, it's monsoon season, y'all. It's going to be wet. You're going to be so
1: wet. Wet and and hot. And mosquitoes everywhere. That's the twist,
0: Marvin. I'm always wet and
2: hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So there we go. It's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> All right, it could right. be.
1: Well, Han, what are we doing next week? What should we do? Pray. Let's We're do pray. Pray. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. Until then, um, just have fun in Asia, and we'll see the rest of you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.